are you approaching an over 5.6 hemoglobin A1C, which means you're in a pre-diabetic range? Do you have some of those signals that's telling you that your blood sugar is becoming dysregulated? Or do you have more than 25 to 30 pounds to lose? You have an extensive amount of weight that you want, you want slash need to lose to be healthier. That might be the time when semi-glutide is a better answer for you. If you don't fall into either of those categories, maybe you have, do have elevated cholesterol, but you just have, you know, 5, 10 pounds you'd like to lose, then that would be a good time when I would say, well, let's try berberine and maybe a couple of the other things we're going to talk about next. This is Get Personal with Dr. Chris. Real life stories and informative conversations, helping you take control of your health and feel like yourself again. For a while now, everyone has been talking about semi-glutide, Ozempic, and Wagovi. We've covered those in previous episodes, but today my son Anthony and I are talking about natural supplements that can have a similar effect. Berberine, which has been called nature's ozempic, psyllium husk, and apple cider vinegar. All of these things have been getting a lot of attention online recently, and they all can be a great addition to your wellness routine. With minimal risk and minimal cost, they can help you lose weight, balance blood sugar, and improve your gut health. Hi everyone, it's Dr. Chris with Get Personal with Dr. Chris. Today I'm joined with my son Anthony again, and we are going to go through some trends. And these trends that we've seen on social media are regarding weight loss, which obviously there's a bunch of them out there. And lately, um, there's been a few headlines that have said berberine is nature's ozempic. So today we're going to talk a lot about berberine, which is an herb. Actually, it's a a part of an herb. It's a constituent of several herbs and also a few other things. So let's get started. It will be really informative, I think, for you because there's definitely some things out there that do help with weight loss, but they help in an indirect kind of way. So let's just jump right in, starting with berberine. What have you read, Anthony? So probably, arguably, the, the biggest health trend of the whole year is semi-glutide and ozempic. And so from researching these different trends that relate to weight loss and gut health, they all like tie back into ozempic somehow. People are always referring to, berberine is the best example. It's been called nature's ozempic. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's just a indication of just how huge ozempic is right now. I think you know, for a lot of people, maybe they only read a headline and they just see nature's ozempic. And I think the main claim that I've seen is that berberine, it's a natural supplement that's cheap and safe, and it can help suppress your appetite and help you lose weight, just like ozempic. So what do you know about it? And what can you say about how true that, that idea is? Well, first of all, berberine being a constituent from several different herbs out there has been around for a very long time. Traditionally, berberine has been used to increase 
insulin sensitivity and decreased fasting glucose. Um, it's also been used to change the way the liver processes sugars, slows down its dumping of sugar into the system. So this should sound familiar to you when we talked about semiglutide and what semiglutide does. The way that berberine works is definitely different than the way semiglutide works. And when I say semiglutide, remember that's the peptide that that I use that's very similar and basically is if a generic, if you will, of Ozempic. So they do similar things in the body, but they do it differently. So you will still see decreased glucose. You will still see the body using sugars better or in a more productive way, but it's not done in the same way. And your results will definitely be a little bit different. That's definitely something to keep in mind. But I've very commonly used berberine to help lower blood glucose. So in the past, if you came in to see me and you were experiencing high hemoglobin A1C, which is a high sugar level over the last three months, that's that stable number. And let's say your fasting glucose is high. So it's looking like we're in a type two diabetes or lifestyle type diabetes situation. I would often, very often, give you berberine. And think about it, that's what Ozempic was originally developed for, was for type 2 diabetes. So yes, these two different substrates, if you will, Ozempic, berberine, whatever they might be, are do act very similarly in the body. Okay. And yeah, so you described a little bit how it works, the effects. Are you aware of any research that points to, like, do people lose weight when they take berberine? There is some research. And I will tell you, first of all, when you take berberine, it it's specific to how and when you should take it. In other words, you need to take it with a meal. Most berberine supplements will come in a 500 milligram capsule. And that's about what you need to take with each meal. Because when you take it, it is helping with the metabolism of that sugar. Now, berberine won't necessarily curb your appetite the way semiglutide or ozempic does, but it will help you to metabolize the sugars better, help your body get insulin into the system and sensitize your cells to insulin better. So it does act like that. But you know, the other thing is that it has been shown to reduce total cholesterol too. So there's kind of a little extra with berberine that you may not see in the semaglutide or ozempic world. So the research has, has shown about a 6 to 13% weight loss in patients that do have sugar dysregulation. So if you already have dysregulation in your sugar and the way you, you metabolize, it, metabolize sugar in your insulin secretion, then it is more likely you will have weight loss. So let's say you have a patient that doesn't have any sugar regulation issues and a patient that does, if they each take the same amount of berberine on the same amount of time, the person that has a sugar issue, um, insulin sensitivity issue, will potentially lose weight but the other patient may not. So just going to show you that, you know, there's various reasons why some of us can and cannot, cannot lose weight. So berberine, this is a good example of that one as well. 
Okay. However, I will tell you that berberine does also slow gastric emptying. Remember how, like sometimes with semaglutide and Ozempex, some of those med- some of those uh, peptides, it slows the gastric emptying so that you know insulin can be secreted into the system. And what that means is it kind of slows down digestion. So sometimes you get that acid reflux or the nausea, some of the constipation. You can still feel that with berberine, and mm. I've had some of my patients tell me that. So that is something to be aware of. Okay, so. It looks like it has really pretty similar effects to Ozempic. It's more effective, it sounds like, with certain people that have some kind of issue with blood sugar regulation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess what would you what would be a recommendation to people that are listening that might just feel like they want some help losing weight? Like, is it safe to just go for it and just try berberine or... or would you recommend that first they talk to their doctor or get some testing or something? You know, honestly, it is always better to have a physician on board. I'm never going to say go do this, this, and this without ever having talked to your doctor. That's that's generally not good advice. But berberine is a pretty safe herb. I would just caution you that you're getting a supplement that from a trusted source, you know, so there, there's supplements all over the place and online and all of those things. So it's nice to have a trusted source. So maybe you have a nutritionist you work with, or maybe you go to a, an herbal supplement store that you trust. Those are the places I would turn to and make sure that the supplement you're using is safe. A lot of times berberine is coupled up with some of the other metabolism boosting herbs like ginseng or fenugreek um, or even gymnema. These are other herbs that are also um, helpful for weight loss. Um, So if you see a berberine supplement and it has some of those other herbs in it, that's going to be okay. That's going to be probably a better bang for your buck. Okay. And that I think I feel like that goes to a larger question about supplements in general, yeah, which is like, what's the the downside? I guess it can feel like with supplements, oh, they're just supplements. It's almost just like food or something. It's mm-hmm. it's it's something totally different from a pharmaceutical drug. You don't have to be that careful with them. You can just you know take whatever, whenever, if it looks like it might help, and just see what happens. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, yeah, how do you recommend just approaching supplements, just supplements in general? Well, I do, one thing, which may or may not be kind of what you're talking about, but one thing that is a pet peeve of mine is that when people do take supplements, they don't even follow the directions. <laughs> First of all, most supplements, well, all supplements have to still go through an approval process, a safety process, or it can't be sold, right? So there's there's different ways that they have to go through the safety process, and they also have to go through an effectiveness process as well. And we did a podcast on that with Patrick from Jigsaw Health, and you can listen to that too for more details. But when they put directions on a label, follow them. If it says to take two, to get the best overall effect, take two, don't take one. If you have to take three, 
take three, don't take one. You know what I'm saying? That's one of the things that people come in and they've got, you know, all these supplements and they're taking one of everything. That's nothing. That's doing nothing for you. So I guess one of my, one of those things that's really important to me is that let's say you decide I want to try berberine. I can tell you that for most people taking 500 milligrams three times a day will help. If you, if it's going to help you, that's the amount you need to take. If you feel sick or yucky when you take berberine after a couple of weeks, you're probably gonna have to cut back a little bit. But don't waste your money and just say, well, I'll take one here and one there. That's that's definitely um, not going to work ever for you. But again, find a source. Um, most of my patients I send to full script. And if you want information on that, you can ask me, we can, we can post it. Um, that's a clearinghouse basically for supplements. Um, or, you know, your local natural grocers, your local health food store. A lot of those places do have supplements that are safe. Otherwise, when you look down underneath what's in in that supplement, when you look at ingredients, that's where you're going to be tripped up because that's that's where they put all that extra stuff, the preservatives and everything that's the fillers. That's what you want to watch out for. Okay. So full script is like an online store for supplements, but it's vetted. So you can be sure that everything on there is good. Yes. Fullscript.com. And if you want to order from them, then I have a link that you can use. As long as you're part of my Fullscript, you can go on there and order any of the supplements we talk about in any of my podcasts from vitamin C to vitamin D to berberine to NAD to anything, the, ma- the mag SRT that we were talking about. And if you want to do that, all you have to do is send me your information. Usually I need your name and email and a phone number. And you can send that either to my Instagram at Dr. Chris Wallace, my Instagram, or my email, Dr. Chris at drchriswallace.com. Any of those options, you can just send me your information and I will set you up an account. Once I sent that up, you'll get 10% off. Um, and it's free shipping after 50 bucks. And it's a really great place to go and order any of your supplements because that way, you know, all of those supplements are going to be acceptable and good for you. Okay. One more question about nature's ozempic berberine. It's got this nickname, nature's ozempic. I wonder, you know, we talked about when you should use it, how you should use it. How would you advise people on approaching ozempic itself? In other words, when should someone make the the jump into semi-glutide or ozempic? I think a lot of it is to do with what's the nature of your blood sugar status? Like for sure, are you approaching an over 5.6 hemoglobin A1C, which means you're in a pre-diabetic range? Is your fasting glucose over 90? I mean, do you have some of those signals that's telling you that your blood sugar is being becoming dysregulated? Or do you have more than 25 to 30 pounds to lose? You have an extensive amount of weight that you want, you want slash need to lose to be healthier. 
that might be the time when semi-glutide is a better answer for you. If you don't fall into either of those categories, um, or maybe you ha- do have elevated cholesterol um, or a family history of elevated cholesterol or family history of diabetes, but you just have, you know, five, 10 pounds you'd like to lose, then that would be a good time when I would say, well, let's try berberine and maybe a couple of the other things we're going to talk about next. Those might be a great place for you to start. That's how I'd do it. Okay. So the the next trend that we want to talk about, which is kind of along the same lines, is psyllium husk. Yeah. And I I came to my attention just the other day because I saw a New York Times article and the headline was uh, Centuries Old Fibers Supplement Entices the Ozempic Generation. So once again, Ozempic is mm-hmm. in the headline and at the top of everyone's mind whenever we're talking about anything related to weight loss or gut health. But it's it's saying that psyllium husk is big right now. It's selling. It's influencers are talking about it. And people are using it for a lot of things. Three three main things that it talks about, which is for IBS yep. symptoms, for appetite suppression. So similar to Ozempic in that sense. Yep. And then also for gluten-free baking, it's like a substitute for ingredients with gluten. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, it's basically a fiber. So psyllium husk is a real great soluble fiber. It, it's the ingredient in Metamucil. So if you've ever taken Metamucil, it's basically psyllium husk. And it is a bulk fiber. When we talk about berberine, berberine slows motility. Psyllium husk increases transit time, increases motility. So they work well together. Um, One of the side effects of semi-glutide and potentially berberine is constipation. In some cases, diarrhea, but it could be both. Psyllium husk can help with both, basically. It, It helps your body absorb water and it resists intestinal fermentation. So it causes stools to be kind of bigger, softer, more effective, easier to pass. And what can happen in, with, in the case of berberine or, or semaglutide ozempic is that, that because the transit time slows down, the stools become smaller and harder to pass. So they do work well together. It's always been a great form of fiber. I've recommended psyllium husk for years. And it's so great. Like the first one you mentioned is IBS, irritable bowel syndrome. It's so great for IBS because it does kind of work with your system. If you're constipated, it helps you go. And if you have diarrhea, it helps you not go. It's a great, it's just a a great natural way to kind of manage your bowel movements and your digestive system. So it kind of has that adaptogenic effect that we talked about with like certain medicinal mushrooms where it kind of does what you need to. So it can work. It it kind of does what your body needs it to. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the recommendations for fiber, I mean, for many years, it was like 30 grams of fiber. You need to get 30 grams of fiber. And and actually, one of the last um, trainings I went to for hormone health was also tied into some GI issues. They were saying that some of the research is saying our, our fiber should be as as high as 40 grams a day. That's pretty intense. Like that's a lot. That's hard to get a lot of fiber in that that much fiber in. I mean, an example is 
beans. If you eat a cup of beans, you'll get about 15 to 19 grams of fiber. That's a that's a lot. But that's also a lot of beans. A lot of people don't eat that many beans. You know, something like an avocado, a whole avocado has 13 grams, so that's good. But in general, things like apples and broccoli and all those things might have five grams. I'm talking a cup. So even if you're eating very, very healthy, it's hard to get all that fiber in. And many people don't get enough fiber into your system. And remember, if you're not moving stuff through, you're not, you're not absorbing your nutrients. You're also building bad bacteria if you're not moving things through and they're sitting in there and fermenting. So one of the most important things about weight loss is just to make sure you're pooping. Like it's a thing. You have to move your food through. You have to absorb your food and move it through. Can't sit around. So that's what psyllium husk does. And it's the perfect buddy for berberine. Since berberine slows things down, psyllium husk kind of moves things along. So it kind of reminds me of vitamin D in a way because it seems like it's one of those things where the average person is deficient. Like most people are deficient. Most people don't have enough vitamin D. Most people don't have enough fiber. Mm -hmm. So as a general rule, you could say like, you probably need more fiber per day than you think you do. Yeah. And it sounds like psyllium husk is a good way to do that. One thing that I've seen stated in various places, for example, this is University of California, San Francisco Health website says, you have to get your 25, 30 grams of fiber from food, not supplements. Mm. And the New York Times article says, and it quotes an internist from Cambridge Health Alliance that says it's better to get fiber through foods. It doesn't say not supplements, but mm-hmm. it's better to get it through food. So so how do you think of the difference between getting fiber from supplements versus food? The best thing about getting fiber from food is that you're getting other nutrients as well. And keep in mind when you eat something even something as natural and, and innocent as an apple, there's going to be naturally occurring fructose in that. So there's naturally occurring sugar in an apple, right? But because the apple has skin, that's providing your fiber. So now your body has the fiber to metabolize the sugar that you're going to be ingesting. Because we just said, Your body, in order to metabolize sugars properly, needs a good amount of fiber, and and that is what helps metabolize sugars. So it's like the perfect food. Food is, and especially fruits and vegetables, they're like the perfect blend of everything, right? So you get your fiber mostly in the peels. That's why, I mean, way back when, when I first was teaching weight management and and nutrition and all that in the late 80s and early 90s, it was just all about don't peel your fruits, right? Don't peel your potato, don't peel your apples, eat the whole thing. So it's just a perfect food. But psyllium husk itself is a naturally occurring fiber. It's just been processed to be a little bit more concentrated. And in fact, one tablespoon of psyllium husk has about 12 grams of fiber. So you're not like done. I mean, that's just going to supplement your day. The rest should come from food. And I guess it's the same question that we touched on with berberine. What's the, what's the downside? What's the risk to trying psyllium husk, incorporating it, like, let's say, every day? The only risk to that would be is if you're not drinking enough water. 
you have to drink enough water when you're taking any fiber supplements. If you're dehydrated and taking fiber supplements, it's probably gonna backfire on you a little bit. I mean, it's probably going to create more constipation and mm. it's not gonna feel good. It could call, cause cramping and um, bloating and things that we really do not want. So that's probably the only real downside to it. And more than your mm, tablespoon a day on the psyllium husk is probably not a good plan. I mean, really, that should be it. Okay. Overdoing the fiber can, again, be rough on your intestinal tract. You don't want that. Okay. So keep it to kind of a consistent, modest, recommended dose and make sure you have enough water with it. Mm -hmm. And that can be worth, definitely worth a try. Yeah. If you got IBS problems, constipation, diarrhea. What about psyllium husk for appetite suppression? That's something that some people have been talking about. This is more along the... Ozempic mm -hmm. craze lines. Well, anytime you eat a soluble fiber or fiber in general, you're going to get a sensation of fullness. It, it takes up space. So when you have space being taken up in your stomach, in your intestinal tract, you're not going to be hungry. It's going to send, it's going to send a message to your brain that you're not hungry. So, I mean, for years and years and years, fiber has always been a big deal for weight loss for and that is one of the reasons because it does decrease your appetite some so that's why they'll you know trendy weight loss stuff will say drink your psyllium husk before you eat and i don't know that there's anything wrong with that but again we're only doing psyllium husk once a day so you know, I would recommend if you, if you want to do maybe do it before your bigger meal in the evening, because we know decreasing your caloric intake towards the evening hours is more is probably better for you than in the earlier hours, because if you're going to be doing some intermittent fasting, it's better to do that intermittent fast towards the end of the day, not in the beginning of the day. So if you want to decrease appetite, it might be at that end of the day, especially if that's the time of day you have a tendency to eat the bulk of your calories. So it could work for that, but mm -hmm. no matter what, don't take too much or else it's going to yeah. have a bad effect. Excellent. <laughs> okay. okay. The third and final thing that we want to talk about is apple cider vinegar. Yep. Like a lot of this stuff, it's obvious it's definitely been around for a long time, been associated with gut health for a long time, mm -hmm. but it's big right now on social media. People are talking about it and it seems like... The main thing that people like it for or think it's doing is just, I guess, helping with their digestion and helping with their their gut health. It's probiotic. And there's a lot of interesting research that it can do a, a lot of good things. Um, so what do you think about apple cider vinegar and the pros and cons? Well, like you said, apple cider vinegar has been around a long time. One of the first reasons it kind of became real popular was it was said to be a probiotic and it was also said to help with digestion. And that's a, a lot of that is because of the enzymatic action that happens in the actual vinegar itself. In other words, it causes a lot of enzyme reactions, which can lead to decreasing bacteria, technically decrease bad bacteria, encouraging good bacteria. And the fact that there it had some acid 
and it helps with digestion. So that was kind of where it came to be. However, if you look at the research, it's harder to find that research. When you look up apple cider vinegar, the first thing you usually find is how effective it is for decreasing fasting blood glucose and how effective it is for decreasing overall total cholesterol. So it actually has kind of like a synergistic effect with our berberine and our psyllium husk for decreasing overall blood glucose levels. And it could be a good partner in this whole weight loss um, journey because of its effects on blood sugar lowering. So it's something that it seems like you could use alongside of berberine and get some similar effects where it's it's helping to regulate your blood sugar and your appetite, but then at the same time, it might be helping your, your gut health as a probiotic would by encouraging healthy bacteria because it's a fermented food, apple cider vinegar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't, I don't think it necessarily replaces a, a, a probiotic if you need it but it certainly can help the gut microbiome. I mean, it also delays gastric emptying. So it's similar to berberine in that way. It increases the glucose cellular usage. It increases what's called lipolysis, which if you say that a couple of times, lipo is fat and anything that's a olysis is is breaking it down. So breaking down fat, which is always interesting for you if you're trying to lose uh, weight or body fat. It decreases the liver's ability to make more sugar. So the liver, part of the liver's job is making sugar. And you seem like you're like, oh, no, I don't want that. But it's good because it helps with your energy, obviously. But sometimes we don't want it to make more sugar. So it helps decrease that. And helps de- it helps insulin secretion as well. So again, we have a common theme happening. It's it sounds like it does a lot of the same thing as berberine does. And again, I would say you have to in the research there has to be a specific amount that you're doing. I, mean, I don't know about you guys. Have you ever tried apple cider vinegar, Anthony? Well, my friend and roommate for many years who's a health guy he, he took a shot of it every morning so i tried and it's pretty intense but it's also really good for uh, salad dressing i've used it for salad dressing right um actually one of the articles i was reading was talking about using it in salad dressing so that we kill any bacteria that might be left on your lettuce there's a lot of e coli, e. coli salmonella that can be on lettuce um, if you didn't wash it thoroughly. I thought that was very interesting. It's good on salads. I like that. And that's effective for you on salads. It's okay if you don't like drink it. And the fact that you did a shot makes me a little concerned because one of the things about apple cider vinegar is that you should always dilute it in water. The reason you should do that is because it's not good for your tooth enamel. And you, once that enamel on your teeth is gone, it can't be replaced. So you have to be careful about that. And typically, we're going to do, you know, one tablespoon, you know, which is equal to five teaspoons, one tablespoon in about a cup of warm water. And you want to do that before you eat. And you can do that with your two biggest meals if you want to. But that's kind of the 
prescription, if you will, for what it is we're talking about. Why is it important to do it before you eat? If you do it before you eat, then once you eat, you have both the enzymatic processes of the apple cider vinegar happening and if there is anything going on bacteria-wise. And then you also have the insulin secretion happening as a result of your food. So it's helping your body do what it needs to do. It slows the gastric emptying. So it helps you feel fuller faster. Now, the other thing to be aware of, however, is that when you do use apple cider vinegar, be aware that if you get acid reflux, like you feel a little like refluxy or burpy or whatever after, you probably should decrease the amount you're doing at one time, even though it's in water. Um, make sure you always do it with water and wait at least 30 minutes before you would brush your teeth after. That has to do with the enamel. And finally, if you have kidney issues, sometimes apple cider vinegar is not a good call for you. It's just in the way that it reacts with your body. So those are just kind of some of the little cautions when it comes to apple cider vinegar. What about apple cider vinegar gummies? Those are kind of popular. Is that just as good as the real thing? No, typically no, because the effectiveness of the um, apple cider vinegar is coming in first its liquid form, because when you swallow that with the water, it gets into the system better. It has to go through first pass metabolism. So in other words, it has to go through the esophagus into the stomach and into the intestines. And it's, it's immediately bioavailable. When you are chewing it in a gummy and swallowing it, first of all, there's sugar in gummies. Anytime you use gummies instead of a liquid or capsule form of something, there's added sugars. Otherwise, you wouldn't eat it because it'd be gross. So typically, I don't encourage gummies unless you have other reasons why you can't swallow something. And yeah, so even even just in general, yeah, you're not too into gummies. Yeah, in general, they're not a good call. It's definitely my okay. least favorite way to to provide your body with supplements. Liquid is best. Overall, I would say that it's it's a good third thing to do alongside the psyllium husk and the berberine. That sounds good. They all kind of have a similar recommendation, which is like, don't overdo it. But they all should be safe if you use them the right way. And there's some really interesting evidence that they could be really beneficial. Yeah, I love them. And like I said, I use them all in my practice. So it just might be a way you can try to, you know, affect the way your body effectively metabolizes glucose. And, you know, it might really help in your weight loss journey along with eating those healthy foods and getting in your exercise at least six times a week and um, decreasing your stress and all those other fun things that help with your weight loss journey. So yeah, remember that if you are looking for your supplements and you don't know where to go, you can always look into that Fullscript online store. So you can get everything you need there and know that that's been vetted and that those supplements are going to be a great choice for you. 